This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Beautiful people. Today's partner has a product I use every dang day. It's A1 by Athletic Greens. I combine cashew butter, oat milk, frozen fruits, spinach, and one scoop of AG1 every morning, and the taste is heaven. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, and probiotics. There are zero GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial flavors, and less than one gram of sugar. And I know that eating healthy can be pricey and feel elitist, but AG1 costs less than $3 a day. Furthermore, and you know I love this, Athletic Greens is a climate neutral certified company. And for every purchase, AG donates to organizations that help get nutritious food to kids in need. In 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash gray. that's G-R-E-Y. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash gray to take ownership over your health and support kids in need while doing it. Hi, beautiful people. My name is Brenda Davies. I'm the creator and host of In the Gray. And today, at the risk of feeling like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia here. There is no Pepe Silvia. The man does not exist, okay? So I decided, oh shit, buddy, I gotta dig a little deeper. There's no Pepe Silvia, you gotta be kidding me. I got boxes full of Pepe. I'm going to share with you a concept that came to me during a mystical experience. Mystical experiences can feel mythological or like they're reserved for God-like people. But the truth is that Jesus, for example, said that we do greater things than he. And in fact, many practices believe that human beings have the power to receive divination or prophecy. Even if you're not spiritually minded, bear in mind that science itself has confirmed human beings through breathwork and meditation have the capacity to alter the function of our minds. But this concept I'm about to share doesn't require that you become a saint or a monk. This concept is accessible to everyone, no matter who you are, no matter what you believe. I myself have been practicing this more heavily over the past four to five months, and I have experienced an increase in joy, my capacity to love, my capacity to reside in the present. And as much as I feel like a wild woman sharing this concept with people, everyone that I have shared it with so far says that it resonates, it makes perfect sense, and it is helping them too. So today, I'm just going to share it with you. So here we go. 
Two years ago, I was driving down the street. I had just had my son Valentine. I was on a three-day juice cleanse, and I was headed to the grocery store to pick up food and make a real meal. You'll remember two years ago, the pandemic had not yet hit. George Floyd had yet to be killed. The Capitol had yet to be stormed. I knew that division in the world was rising and rising and that our awareness of that division was rising as well. But on this particular night, driving to Trader Joe's, I received a message that was so loud and profound, I immediately burst into tears and had to pull my car onto the side of the road. I called my parents and spent three hours unable to drive. I was getting this message coming to me. I was telling my parents. I was writing it down in my Apple notes. And when I finally did get home, that message kept coming to me for the next four days, waking me up at night every time I was sleeping. And I kept writing until I had 10,000 words. I know. I know how this sounds. It was a burning bush moment. It is unbelievable. And that's why it's taken me two years to process this and figure out how and when to share this with you. It is a concept that is all-encompassing and ancient, but it is also very accessible and easy to understand, which is why I want to share it with you. It is all based in the love-fear polarity. There is an ancient hermetic principle which concedes that everything has a pair of opposites and that the world operates in constant polarity, darkness and light, masculine and feminine, day and night, etc. But when you begin to recognize the polarities of love and fear specifically, your life can and will improve for the better. And this is why. And forgive me, I'm going to read a lot of this because I want to be concise and clear. Imagine that there is a straight horizontal line that exists in the present, which we call now. You, as an individual, reside somewhere on this horizontal line. Every decision you make Every thought you entertain has the power to move you on this scale, sliding between the polarities of love on one side and fear on the other. As you ascend into the positive pole, you will reach nearer and nearer to love. As you descend into the negative pole, you will reach nearer and nearer to fear. You will notice that in this principle, hate is not the opposite of love. Fear is, and this is because every negative thought we entertain or harmful action we take is made in fear. There is no hate, there is no violence, there is no robbery or assault without fear at its center. And at this point, you may be asking, who cares whether I operate in love or fear? Everyone needs to just mind their own dang business and I'll behave however I want. The problem with that thinking, though, is that your choice to live in the polarity of love or fear has a direct and monumental day in and day out on the quality of your life. If you are depressed, anxious, angry, lonely, hopeless, addicted, destructive, victimized, contemplating ending your life or ending the life of someone else, you are living in the fear polarity and there is a way out. And I'm not selling you anything. This is just a message I received. This principle is 
all-encompassing. It touches on so many subjects. But for today, I would just like to share with you seven tenets of the love-fear polarity. One, we came into this life as pure love. Like Christ, we are born on the most positive side of polarity, and therefore we have love at our center. Love is intrinsic to who we are. We cannot separate from love. You've heard it said that babies are born with original sin, but that is not true. We are born with love at our center. God is love. We are love. We are one with love. Love is our foundation. This earthbound experience is not about attaining success, money, fame, or even happiness. We are here to learn how to remain in love while contending with fear. So is this a test? Is this a video game? No one knows exactly what this is. But what I do know is that our objective is to remain in the love polarity. So imagine again this horizontal line, the love polarity to my left, the fear polarity to my right. We are born in love polarity. But number three, the main emotions that draw an individual, community, corporation, government, or planet into negative polarity are shame, pain, and fear. Fear being the most potent. This is the point where I'm starting to feel like Charlie, but we're rolling with it. You've lost your mind. In this principle, you as a baby are born in complete positive love polarity, but what shifts you into negative polarity is trauma. And trauma is simply your introduction into pain, fear, and shame. Trauma, of course, can be extreme. Like if a baby is born into an abusive household, they will be introduced to pain, shame, and fear quickly, therefore winding up in almost immediate negative polarity by no fault of their own. In a less extreme example, a toddler may live in a perfectly warm and cuddly household, but at bath time, when they reach for their penis, their mother swats their hand away and goes, ew, no, don't do that. This is that child's introduction to shame, pain, and fear, which is more subtle than the first example, but according to this principle, still traumatic, still sending you into the fear polarity scale. But number four, because our foundation and center is love, fear, shame, and pain are vampiric emotions. These negative emotions are external to our soul, and therefore they require permission to enter our mind and body, just like a vampire would need permission to cross your door's thresholds. And with that said, because shame is in the fear polarity, this is not me drawing you into more shame, worried that you are in the negative polarity and it is your fault. Please go easy on yourself. Send yourself some of the love that you are centered in because so many of us have gone through profound and deeply meaningful traumas. There is nothing to be ashamed of there. But for now, I want you to notice when you sense shame, fear, or pain knocking on your door, where do you sense these emotions? Is there a knot in your belly? Is fear tormenting you in the form of a stress migraine or a sleepless night? Is your brain presenting that shameful thing you did over and over and over again? 
As human beings, our challenge is to reject these vampiric emotions of shame, fear, and pain, and we can. Consider number five, nothing and no one is in the binary of evil and good. Everyone and everything exists someplace on the love-fear polarity scale and has the ability to move back and forth, positive to negative, negative to positive. Most of us were raised to prioritize the idea of being a quote, good person, but because life is so challenging and human beings are so dang complex ourselves, each and every one of us has the potential to move back and forth on the polarity scale throughout our entire lives, vacillating between love and fear. The scary thing about moving into the fear polarity, though, is that you will suffer and you will sin while you are in it. And before you say anything, I know, I too was raised to believe that sin is a rule violation, like giving a BJ before you're married or lying when you didn't do homework. But in truth, quote, sin is simply fear in thought and action. Sin comes from fear, and to sin is to do harm. Harm itself is also felt and expressed in two different ways. A person in shame, pain, or fear will either internalize those vampiric emotions and harm themselves, many alcoholics do this, or a person will output those emotions and harm others. Though in most cases, both types of harm are happening at once. Like in this example, this person's addiction is likely causing not only internal harm, but inadvertently external harm to their loved ones and friends. Or, for another example, someone with extreme wealth who resides in the fear polarity will be in internal pain and wrongfully believe in scarcity. Their fear of never having enough will cause this person to underpay and mistreat their employees or to not prioritize the protection of the earth and to behave harmfully with their money. <coughs> Bezos! <coughs> Bezos. Sorry. Something in my throat. But hold up, because that judgmental quip put me into the negative side of polarity. The last thing this principle wants is to be used as a tool to judge one another. So we can't start doing that. The polarity scale is for us to assess our own dang selves, surprise, surprise, and also to grant us the intuitive power to know who to keep and who to distance from ourselves and at what time. Because again, no one is good or evil. This is not binary. Instead, we each vacillate on the polarity scale. This is why we should not respect a person's authority or assume their goodness due to their accomplishments, like their position, uniform, or financial status. When we assess people by their position in lieu of their polarity, we risk making wrong judgment calls and leaving our child with an unsafe clergy person, for example. And on the contrary, love-fear polarity requires that we don't assess people on their mistakes alone. People are capable of extreme jumps on the polarity scale, as long as we help them reject the invitation to more pain, fear, and shame, 
anyone can move from fear polarity to love polarity. We see the love polarity at work among prison abolitionists like Richie Reseda, who's witnessed polarity-altering change among incarcerated men by simply offering them a place to share their trauma without being shamed or hurt again. Okay, two more. I'm sick. We're powering through this, but number six. You are only capable of resonating with people one to three degrees away from you or with those on the exact opposite end of your polarity. You can use this when you're thinking about your intimate relationships, your friendships, or your workplace. For example, let's say there is a couple and one partner is actively healing trauma in therapy while the other partner is self-medicating their pain through drugs or alcohol. Those two who were once resonant will become dissonant, fighting and pulling away until they can no longer stay together without causing one another pain. They will become four to five to six degrees away, and it will no longer work without one party making a leap into the other party's polarity, which you don't want to do if you are committed to staying in the love polarity. You will notice when you make a significant positive change into love polarity, like if you stop drinking to excess or you quit your job to pursue a dream, that certain people will begin to feel dissonant. Some friends may discourage you or say you're no fun anymore or that you'll never get a better paying job. Recognize those shifts, not as a personal attack on you, but as an invitation to fear from people who are resisting your move into the positive side of polarity. It is okay to lose friends, partners, and jobs during these shifts, and love polarity always, I repeat, always takes care of you, and love polarity will take care of them too whenever they are ready for it. Again, this is not about judging one another. As for the opposites on the polarity scale attracting, the most extreme example is that to abuse a child, someone inherently living in positive love polarity, the abusive individual would have to be residing in the equivalent negative fear polarity to do something that harmful. Now, last but certainly not least, number seven. The benefit of devoting your life to love is that you will reside in the positive polarity, therefore drawing circumstance, connection, and deep meaning into everything that you think, experience, and do. Now, residing in the love polarity, just like, quote, getting saved, will not protect you from trauma, will not protect you from fear, shame, and pain. This planet offers everyone and everything an invitation to trauma, an invitation to fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Just as we have the capacity to reside in fear and harm others and ourselves, we also have a far greater capacity to reside in love and therefore heal ourselves, others, and this planet. I hope that you will begin to just start seeing polarity in your life and that you begin to practice not harming yourself by accepting these invitations to shame, fear, and pain, that you will not harm others by outputting that shame, fear, and pain. 
and that you will start rejecting fear the moment you see it coming. Lastly, okay, I'll leave you with a quick example from my own life. Like I said, I received this message in this mystical experience two years ago. I can tell you more about that wild story later, but it hasn't been until really the past four or five months that I have been practicing this, seeing how this actually works in my life, seeing how my reactions to events, including traumatic events, impact me, how I move that trauma through my body, through somatic therapy, through meditation, through prayer, through a series of things that I can share with you later, and also choosing actively to not output any of the harm that has been done to me to other people. The best example I have to this, although you can really practice it in ways much smaller than this or much larger than this, is encountering the person that I believe killed my dog, Van. So my dog, Van, was killed in a hit and run on Thanksgiving. I, in that moment, of course, was invited to everything, all of these negative polarity emotions. I was invited to shame. Why hadn't I protected him? Why hadn't I shut the gate? I was invited to pain. I mean, my God, I was a weeping wreck for so long, and it still brings me pain to drive down that part of the street where he was killed. And of course, I was invited to fear because I have a young child. I have a new dog, Ezra, and it just enveloped me in fear to imagine that I couldn't protect something, someone that I loved so much and that I was afraid something that horrible would happen again. So I was heaving around all of these heavy negative emotions, really figuring out how to work with them. And... I was just processing them through my body, letting myself feel them, letting myself cry, letting myself pray and believe that Van could be in my vicinity and he'd be someone that I could talk to. All of these things I did on my own, but I also happened to have the phone number of the person that killed Van. And I did a reverse address search online and figured out that they just live two blocks away at this street on the corner. This is a house that I walk by all the time. I take Valentine on walks. I take my dog on walks. And I experienced a myriad of thoughts every time I walked by this person's house, mostly about egging them, putting up posters all over the city saying, this person is a dog murderer shaming them, uh, making them afraid, sending ominous letters like, I know what you did last summer kind of vibe. Just all of these vengeful things because I was harboring pain, fear, and shame. It had been a traumatic event in my life and my reaction was to put that out onto someone else. And then one day, walking down the street, I looked at this person's house and had this very strong sensation to go over and forgive them. So I went up to the door and knocked and I was like, did you? I I got there and realized they're going to think I'm like coming for them or something because I was like, did you kill my dog? (laughs) 
<laughs> and the person was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, uh, let me clarify. I'm not here to tell you off or to come for you or anything. I actually came to let you know that I forgive you. And if it was you who killed my dog, I want you to know that he ran away all the time. He could have died in a million different ways. And I don't want you to harbor any sadness about that. I want you to know that I forgive you. This doesn't end in some moment of justice where he breaks down in tears and admits his wrongdoing. Instead, he denied that it was him, which who knows, the reverse address search could be wrong or right. But for me, what it came down to is recognizing that if it was indeed him, then in that moment, on the polarity scale, I made a choice out of love on the positive love polarity scale because what I did was offer this person a way out of shame, a way out of pain. I imagine that he had been tormented that this happened, that he was not proud that he left him there to die. And I wanted to release him from any of that shame that he might feel or that pain that he might feel. And like I said, this is not wrapped up in some sort of bow where I figured it all out. But I just wanted to share that as an example of a way that I just brought it into my life. Because my greatest joy would be to hear that that man heard that apology, received it, whether or not he killed my dog, that it would compel him to do the same thing in someone for someone in his own life. Because hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt themselves internally, and hurt people express that pain externally. The message that I received in this four-day trance was all about how we can maneuver through this world, through this lifetime, on this polarity scale, ascending deeper and deeper into richer and richer and more positive levels of love. Life will still throw you trauma. Someone can still hit your dog and leave him there to die. But how do you stay in the positive polarity of love? How do you reject the invitations to pain, fear, and shame, wanting to pull you this way into anger, into rage, into egging this person's house? Instead, how could I invite him to come over to this polarity and forgive some people in his own life and come to terms with his own wrongdoing if he did indeed kill Van? This is how it's working in my life. And frankly, I've now put myself out here. I still feel bananas, but we're rolling with it because it makes perfect sense to me. And it's been doing, like I said, a great deal of positive in my life. And let me know in the comment sections if this resonates with you, if this is something you have already been practicing in your life or something you have already been thinking about. Like I said, when I share this with family and friends, they have their own experiences. They suddenly recognize where they have played with and vacillated in polarity in their own life. So I really can't wait to hear from this community. I want to hear your own stories. I want to hear where you see it. And I intend to have this be the first of many videos because this concept or this principle of love, fear, polarity is present everywhere. And that's it. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends, donate to my Patreon or Venmo if you can. I 
love you all so much. God bless. <laughs>